So welcome to this space, this space is both a physical space and uh, recommend trying to remain within the physical space of this this, uh, vihara. Mm. It gives one a feeling of boundaries and uh, containment and constancy so we perceptions that arise are Buddhas, quietness, lack of furnishings, emptiness, stillness and the sense then you're staying within that, even perceptually, even that which we see and uh, just re- things it doesn't remind us of, buying things, you know, traffic, busyness, it's, it's a quiet energy so I recommend staying within it you do walking, recommend you stay within it. It's not so many people on the retreat, there should be enough room. This isn't an order, it's just a recommendation. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm only saying this because I find it's helpful. <laughs> and uh, so for myself, also, I stay here, I don't go out, I uh, don't do other things, and so I'm very much part of the occasion, physical occasion. It's also uh, welcoming you to a particular space in your life. Just putting the pause button down on duties, responsibilities, family, um, concerns, work, things that may be pressing and important but actually we're deciding we're going to leave them out to kind of lift you like from our daily life or descend from it however you want to put it but shift from it perhaps uh, gives us a chance to review more deeply long-standing um, themes energies moods basically karma our karmic inheritance the, the, who we feel ourselves to be as a series of mm, inclinations and memories and activities and you know unpleasant things and stressful things and joyful things you know look reviewing this 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 thing this experience that uh, that I carry or that's carried along through life so for that you need to take other things off the desktop clean the surfaces and just what's really here this particular space in life, in our life. And we're also welcoming you to the, um, the field of Dhamma. I call it a field. It's called the, the Punya, the field of blessings, the Ketam. Um, a field of cultivation and cultivators. And uh, a field laid out by the Buddha. A field that has potential for awakening for freedom from stress, a field that's well cultivated uh, with many tools and implements to cultivate the field and many great beings who have um, contributed to keeping this field well nourished and well kept and we're entering that and we enter that field and we also through entering that we perhaps begin to recognize yeah I too have qualities of persistence and courage and goodwill and 
resilience and um, aspiration. Yeah, I'm part of this. This field is there. Yeah, and, and it gives us a chance to enter into it because it's, these are not, you know, there's an open field. <laughs> yeah, and you can enter into it, and it contains the qualities that you have. But uh, it gives us an occasion <coughs> to remember those qualities, and perhaps put aside other qualities of our physical appearance, our age, our gender, our nationality. Just let's just you know tidy that up and um, let it rest. So entering this field, so welcome to these and uh, this occasion and. Um, yeah, we have say approximately ten days, which is a good good enough stretch of time to allow that process to you know to uh, bear fruit or because like a field this is natural organic you don't just switch it on you have to enter into it uh, rest in it feed it out and then the results begin to occur. And basically through not leaving it, you're staying in it. <laughs> you're staying in touch with the qualities of mindfulness, staying in touch with the qualities of clarity and, and uh, focused attention, staying in touch with the qualities of persistence and right energy. You know, keep them there. And it's a sense of steady practice, steady practice within that. That becomes our our uh, orientation, our source of stability. When actually, you know, most things in our life are inherently unstable, such as our bodies inherently shifting and changing. Uh, we're aging. Uh, um, the world around us is turbulent, mobile. Um, you name it. Things that we people tend to rely upon are inherently unstable. Money, unstable. Health, unstable. Work, unstable. Family, changing. Yeah. Relationships, changing. Yeah. And trying to make them stable requires a great deal of effort and it still doesn't remain stable. <laughs> it still tends to dissolve and shift and change. And just as you were getting it right, then uh, somebody gets sick, or you break your leg, or the car breaks down, or you get fired, or this, that, and this, that, and this, that, you know. And so this makes people very busy trying to hold it all together. And so we're getting an occasion to drop into something with a greater sense of stability that we have some say over, which is the stability of mind, heart, yeah, uh, stability of chitta which is not thinking mind, but mind of awareness. This is the stability. And it's supported and brought forth through qualities such as commitment. And here we're rehearsing and remembering the quality of, of virtue, of moral integrity, of conscience and concern. Sila. This is eight precepts is a, is a particular formulation of sila, which covers um, several many several bases, eight bases. Of course, sila is a much wider and richer um, 
field than just eight elements. It's the whole quality of moral responsibility. Uh, you could say just refraining from violating your mind, the, the minds of others with your speech, <laughs> uh, violating the body, your own body with drugs, violating the bodies of other people, other people with sexual misconduct or violence, uh, yeah. uh, and avoiding the distractions of uh, um, luxuriousness, which is what the eighth precept is about entertainment, distractiveness, the seventh precept, and of course alcohol, drugs, so you're just putting that, avoiding the distractors, uh, avoiding the violators, uh, what's left. We realize if we deliberately check any of those energies, uh, so anything that tends towards indulgence, just distraction or violation of some kind, deceit, um, which is a mental violation, violation of truth, um, then we refrain from doing that, something beautiful arises. So this is not just about law and order, or police, or prisons. It's not a legal system. It's an honour system. Naturally, you know, nobody's going to be checking out with your munching biscuits in the evening. <laughs> It's <laughs> because it's your your precepts, but the rec- re- recommendation is to feel you are really making an effort with that, and it's there for a very good reason to to train the mind, to mind to refer to its inner qualities rather than the things that would we tend to prop ourselves up on. Yeah. So these inner qualities: gentleness, trustworthiness, honesty, uh, concern for other people's welfare, um, uh, taking little. So we're trying to live a modest, simple lifestyle, absorbing as little as possible, using little, leaving a light footprint. Um, this is this is good. This is what we can do, and just make makes something out of that. So. In, this session here, we also, the food is, uh, tries to avoid using animal produce. We don't, if we don't need it, if we can get by without it, that's one less thing we're using up that's a life form. And uh, here, here I'm recommending we don't use the plastic bottle of water because so much plastic gets is disposed of and thrown into the earth or the water and it's bound, it kills creatures in the water or it poisons and it comes back poisoning ourselves with it. Um, you know? And these are things that you, you begin to see, just the stuff that you're living with. Can you reflect upon it? Where does it come from? What's its use? Uh, what, was, what did it entail? Uh, are you happy with that? Can you not participate in that? You're not happy with it? Don't participate in it. <coughs> you can do that. Of course, much of the time we are more or less stuck with it. Money, you know, is pretty grubby stuff, really. A lot of crime and scandal and abuses occurs through money. 
So, again, you know, we look at what we can do with that. Um, certainly, in terms of Dhamma, uh, we offer Dhamma is offered for free. Yeah. It's, it's, it's priceless, it's above money. I'm not saying that money is not useful, but here's a chance with Dhamma, is, we don't do it with that. Um, because it, it very clearly separates, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the Dhamma is something, it doesn't matter how much poor, wealthy you are, you cannot buy this. And, and you can't be, do, you never have, don't have enough money for it. There's no status in it. Yeah. Uh, and so this uh, takes it out of that way of even thinking uh, in, in that way. And we suddenly, this is the most precious thing. Yeah. So we look at you know causes and effects, and so the the one who really uh, looks into the experience or the practice of sila is trying to live a life of concern, with, you know, and sensitivity. And then in a retreat situation, we have a privilege in that right now we don't have to buy anything. We don't have to do the uh, compromise in that way. It's all set up. Uh, and just get a simple room. You can't get a better room. If you've got more money, you get the same thing. <laughs> so it's only one class. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's lovely too, because then we all wear these very simple clothes. We don't know who's wealthier than anybody else. It doesn't matter, because we're all wearing the same sort of simple cut down basic clothing and that that helps also because we you know in certain signals of course the signal of sexuality we are we are relinquishing that because a lot of clothing is made deliberately to um, emphasize the uh, how the body can look attractive uh, and so we just say we don't need to look attractive what's the point of being attractive <laughs> Yeah. What good does it do you being attractive? What do you attract? <laughs> you know, it's just look just clean and tidy is it is adequate. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so then again, you know, how we can make a self out of a body that I'm a, I'm an interesting attractive person. What do you want to be an attractive person for? What good does that do you? <laughs> you know, you start to look at the values that have been established, not necessarily by yourself, but by the society. Yeah, you know, and we've gone along with that without really examining. You know, need to eat three meals a day and make sure you get enough beef on your plate and make sure you wear the right kind of lipstick and clothes and stuff. Where did that line come from? <laughs> you know. So we just uh, start to revise that and think, what a relief. And it may be these occasions when you enter this, this field of, of sila and behavior, and so you think, actually, I don't, I don't ever want to pick that up again. I don't want to have to, you know, I, I can get by without it, without those concerns, those worldly attitudes. And the more you can do that, then the less pressure there is 
And that's exactly what the ending of suffering is about. Less pressure to be, to become, to be somebody, you know, to succeed, to be popular, to be anything. What? Instead, we have the when that pressure is off, something internal can start to blossom. Yeah. The, the lovingness, the joyfulness, the generosity, the integrity, and this is our treasure. This is where Sila is likened to a treasure. Sila in a Sukhutin Yanti, a vehicle for happiness, the happiness of relief, the pressures off. Silena Borga Sampada, a place or vehicle for richness and fulfillment. You realize the heart, heart is a fertile place with beautiful qualities in it. Nibbutin Yanti, it's cooling passions, the intensities, the irritations, the uh, critical qualities of mind. We are relinquishing the harshness of our attitudes towards ourselves and towards others. If you really cultivate it and you drop into that and dwell in that field of sila, then also you begin to sense, you know, and you get the feeling for the mind becomes steady and firmer and at the same time gentle and you stop being so critical about yourself as well stop violating yourself (laughs) and putting pressure on yourself then the blossoms can occur so this uh, many of these retreat practice we have certain lenses you could see we look through or certain ways we look through one is our obviously our rational sense this makes sense to do this it's sensible to avoid this that and the other it means less friction less competition less jealousy and so forth that makes sense it's just sensible and you know you could you could make more of it you know if you like um, and in some ways things like high luxurious beds this is coming from the 5th century BC India you know but what's the spirit of it <laughs> it's about uh, you know not vegging out <laughs> basically not just kicking back and, and dozing off and, and indulging in things like that but it's sensible there's also it say something that's about energetic effect is a calming effect, a steadying effect. Yeah, it tends to uh, cool the uh, qualities of greed or aversion. There's a calming effect. Yeah, and the quality of sensitivity makes you more calm and mindful of what you're doing. So there's an energetic effect. Yeah, energies aren't jumping, rushing, grabbing. Yeah, and so this also uh, is a benefit for meditation. The mind's energies begin to stabilize and be steady. Another effect uh, is a devotional effect, which is at heart uplifting the heart. <coughs> so, 
So, as we see that in in even taking the precepts, and you know, generally in our day, there are uh, ways and means that we would call devotional. They're often using old or Pali language, uh, accompanied with bowing and chanting and so forth. This is not sensible, <laughs> yeah. but it is uh, devotional. Uh, and it's a, 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 a quality whereby what we're doing we're making our bodies and our hearts and our thoughts something noble um, something with dignity something with beauty not just functional or pragmatic or effective but something rather beautiful And beauty naturally is a subjective experience, but the feeling of the tenderness, the humility, and the offering. Here we place ourselves under the Buddha Dhamma. Uh, I didn't, these aren't my teachings, these are my explanations of the teachings, but they're not my teachings, they're the Buddha's teachings. Um, I place myself under the Buddha, um, historical Buddha, but also the qualities of awakening and the qualities of the Dhamma we place ourselves under that not in a in a humiliated way but in a respectful way I am ready to be trained I realize I could open up this isn't up to me to figure out I can receive something beautiful and I can rise into something beautiful there is something beautiful yeah. and so with the qualities of precepts for example it's not just a matter of doing right and not doing wrong, but also treasuring, valuing, praising those qualities in human beings that rise up to virtue and have risen up to virtue for centuries and have risen up to virtue all over the world uh, different cultures beyond personhood, beyond nationality you know, this quality that rises up to virtue because even if it's not convenient even if it doesn't get you worldly success rises up to virtue because it is beautiful and it's something that humans, only humans can do yeah. and it makes us dignified, respectful, trustworthy, solid and innately valuable because we have value and we stand for value and we live value and we praise value and we value values <laughs> values yeah they're not just a matter of uh, right wrong they actually are uh, have effects that uh, uh, profoundly transform our mental attitudes and are for the welfare of others So this, this, this way of looking at uh, our experience, we call it the devotional or the sacred or the sacramental, it's accompanied by ritual, uh, and it's not just the kind of puppet show, it's something to touch into because um, it's rather rare in our lives. Most of our lives are pragmatic, you know, uh, they're, they're about sense and um, you know, things that we can get things done uh, uh, and it adds up, it's logical 
And devotion is not of that nature. It doesn't go forward, it doesn't, it opens, your heart opens. But there's a richness in the open heart, and the open heart is the only organ that we have that can open to awakening. You can't figure it. You can't get there by calculation. You can't get there just by being reasonable. You have to open to it. And so this is a way in which we commit and celebrate that. So we'll um, go through some of these forms and practices over the days. Certainly, you know, I, I call it a retreat and don't even really call it a meditation retreat it's a retreat so yeah whatever you consider you personally consider meditation to be this is a Dhamma retreat field of Dhamma and there will be occasions for uh, focusing on mental objects breathing, body, heart uh, mental attitudes and so forth walking, standing there will be opportunities for that there will be opportunities to enter into a deeper understanding or deeper experience of body energy as a means for calming and steadying and brightening the mind the opportunity to enter into the field of devotion opening the heart and um, this is all because um, these these, these are valuable and worthy so <clears throat> so I'm sure you've had a basic rundown and those of you who've done retreats before you understand uh, some of the uh, other behaviours which are perhaps you know, an extension of the precepts we are not conversing uh, if any message needs to be made it can be very ideally as simply as possible like um, you know um, Pass this, or excuse me, or <laughs> is the door locked? You know, ideally not saying anything at all. Um, this doesn't mean we don't um, interact or don't we, do, we ignore each other, but we are aware of each other, like cultivating bodily presence. How you move around people, give people space, uh, recognize. Your visual appearance of your body, naturally if you walk right in front of somebody, suddenly they're sitting and this kind of large thing zooms across their <laughs> their visual field. So we generally, you know, recognize when you're coming near to somebody, you tend to soften your body. Like, excuse me, and respect, using the qualities of, of softening the body, so we move around respecting each other's space, recognizing that visually we do impact and impinge upon each other we move around quietly doors metal things things metal objects we try to use them carefully so we minimize the amount of impact there is on the on the auditory sense recognizing how any of these sense bases the visual the auditory send a particular signal a reaction signal into into our hearts Suddenly a crack, some powerful sight. Yeah. Particularly when, when the, we get 
more sensitive. So we're quiet, move around quietly. Um, it's supposed to be understood that we're all in this together, and as well as the sense of uh, non impact, you know, or reducing impact, really make an effort with quality of warm heartedness. Yeah. You know, so a sense of if you're feeling negative about the person sitting next to you or behind you or whatever, really challenge that perception. You feel they don't like you or they're a nuisance or they're not practicing properly. Really you know, what good does that do you or them? Can you just be more compassionate? Realize people are working with their karma. Nobody came here for a holiday <laughs> or for a free meal. <laughs> They're doing what they can. <laughs> so uh, let's be generous with each other you know, and loving towards each other and sense of friendliness towards each other. And see if you can, any way you can do that, gestures. Because people, as you know, people get into some very, uh, you know, sad states of mind. So certainly a cheerful uh, mode, you pass somebody the food or you let them go first or whatever, any way you can express the quality of supportive warmth is always appreciated on retreat. You don't have to do it verbally. Do it with your body, do it with your your body language. Yeah. So let's uh, <clears throat> take a 15 minutes or so if you would like to stretch your legs and just let's sit together for about 15 minutes to um, uh, enter a settled space. Yeah. And as you find out where you are, yeah, and, uh, you know, if you feel you want to move further back, move further back, you want to move further forward, move further forward, <laughs> just find your place, if you feel you want more space, you can spread the cushions out a little bit, uh, and, and so just get, uh, so you feel you're in your space. The image I like to use of sitting is and standing is a tree. The Buddha said, uh, his meditation instruction, sitting at the root of a tree, um, holding the spine upright. So imagine, if you like, when you're sitting, your spine is the trunk of the tree, the base of your body is like the roots going into the ground, and just as a tree has a, a canopy, shade from the heat, protection from the rain, just imagine you around you, you have this protective space that's uh, centered so you have the strong center and you, if you like your awareness can reach out into a space around you and feel all this is 
protective, refuge, safe mind, if you like, my space. Uh, very important to spend time getting your tree planted and felt base of your spine, legs of your sitting make a firm foundation. Most important if you need to chair, use a chair, bench, whatever, get the foundation, the base firm, so nothing in your legs is, is stressing or resisting, it can really rest down there. and feeling that ground beneath you is a gift the gift of the earth feel the gift of the ground <coughs> giving you this uh, firmness like a tree grows slowly take some time and then begin to feel the lowest part in your belly, your abdomen the lower abdominal area and is, is that relaxed? Is, that, is there any tension there? can you relax way down in your belly feeling you're not holding yourself or agitated, you can relax deeply so your breath can go all the way out and uh, recollecting around me there's no intrusion there's nothing intruding gazing at me, questioning me, poking at me, judging me around me is free from intrusion around me is free from obstacles there's nothing holding me back I don't have to be small, I can be as big as I like there's no pressure holding me in free from obstruction, free from intrusion and finally I'm in the field of Dhamma that which encourages and seeks my well-being just as if you're being held by something quality and energy, a mood person, a Buddha, whatever you're held by something that's innately aiming for your welfare uh, doesn't ask anything just wants to give you highest welfare make this space 
that you're sitting in a refuge. Get to feel your belt, your body can relax in it, feel comfortable in it. The base of the spine, the belly, and then gradually moving up over your entire form.
So it's coming to the end of this particular period and letting yourself, your eyes open slowly, taking in the world around you, opening the sense doors and trying to just retain a quality of centeredness within as if you're sitting within this and just opening the window but not going out so you just allow the light and the shapes and the colours to come in a certain resonance occurs and we stay in the same place stay in the same place and uh, receiving visual impact impressions, perceptions